This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 549 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is the Sunday Fireside Chat. I am your host, Paul Spore, along with Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on, man? What is happening? Happy to do this for the third straight week. This is a great tradition. It's a tradition unlike any other, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what we're doing here, for those that don't know, is we really have a – I think – the overarching uh, way it's going to look by the time we're done with this is that it's going to be uh, – these are thematic episodes. We started with really zeroing in on one person. It was Luis Castillo, then you, Darvish. Today, uh, we branched that out a little bit, and it's still zeroed in. It's still thematic. It's on one team, and it's on the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Now, I know you guys want to hear about how great Aaron Nola is, and we both love Aaron Nola, but uh, that's just wasting everybody's time. Everybody already knows that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it really is, though, because Aaron Nola is the greatest, and he is wonderful, and I want to talk about him. That's a good point, but we're trying to help folks on guys who might be available. So they actually have three guys there. So you put Arietta to the side, too. He's a, he's a right. fine number two, whatever. He's owned, you know, he's on a roster in every league. So it's the other three guys that are really kind of uh, standing out in different ways to, you know, they're going to determine the fate of this team, I think. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's uh, out of bounds to suggest that they're going to have a big weight in which way this team goes, if they're going to kind of arrive a year early or if they're going to be a little bit of more of like a 500 team you don't want to mess with but not really a threat. And that, of course, is Nick Pavetta, Zach Eflin, Vince Velasquez. Now, you've recently uh, written about Eflin, so we're really going to get in on him. But I kind of want to start with Pavetta. I think he's the most established of the group, uh, at least for this year in fantasy. I think he's got the most hype. Um, I believe you and I both rank him highest of the three. Is that correct? Yes, no, definitely. Okay, so he's kind of the he's a little bit of a cut above these these two. So let's let's dive in on Pavetta a little bit. Uh, first off, we saw some strikeout capability last year, but it didn't really come with anything else. Uh, I think you and I could hit a homer off of him. I mean, he just he would allow hits. It was either a strikeout or damage. That was really kind of the 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 only two sides there. It was a little bit of um, Denelson Lamette, like the bad end. Mm-hmm. Denelson Lamette was able to kind of. He had more strikeouts for one and and skate around the damage. And Nick Pavetta is what happens when you don't skate around that damage. And that was last year. Right. Well, this year's come in. He's cut the walks, cut the homers, 
and uh, the results are a lot better. We're still talking about a 4.15 ERA and a 1.26 WHIP. So, where are we currently with Pavetta? Is he in all formats play? Have you liked what you've seen out of 39 starts? T- tell us a little bit about Nick Pavetta. Yeah, so Pavetta for me last week when I did the list was at 51. I know that you were a little bit higher on your May update. I think it was, was it mid-30s, mid-40s? Pretty aggressive, yeah. I was on the usually start tier, and that was that was rambunctious of me. Well, I, don't, I, I mean – I think it's more of a spot start. Well, okay. I, I'm not so against that. Um, from Pavetta, I mean, he had that first bad start, and he's kind of done really well since then. Uh, yeah, he has. He's been since that first start. My ranking. Right. Uh, since literally the first start, that. he had um, three strikeouts and two walks in that game, and then since then, it's actually been a 10K per nine and a 2K per nine. Sorry, two walk per nine since then. Uh, and the biggest change, I mean, everyone has has spotted this, is that he uses his curveball a ton more. Mm-hmm. Uh, went up from about 15 and a half percent to near 23 uh, percent. While he's pretty much using the same amount of a slider, he cut back in his fastball a little bit. Doesn't use his changeup much anymore, thankfully. Changeup is a terrible pitch. He actually allowed a Started. home run to Bryce Harper. I barely I'll talk about it consider it a pitch in his arsenal. If you can't confidently use it with, you know, for anything, then I, I barely count it. I right. mean, I, yeah, F, or excuse me, Pavetta has a changeup, but it's not very good. Right. Essentially, I mean, what he should be doing is trading changes for sliders for the most part. Maybe even curveballs. You want to say just for lefties, that kind of thing. Agreed. But I. Uh, but the uh, the problem has always been his fastball. It's really, really apparent. Uh, the two starts that were really bad uh, with the the oh, it was the Braves and it was the Nationals. Actually, the I, I watched both of these starts. Uh, well, first of all, if you don't even watch it, you can see the pitch values of of everything through these through the entire season. He has a positive point five on his four seamer. In these two starts combined, was a negative three point six. Okay. I bet a lot of that was in the Washington Star because it was one inning of just utter hell. It was actually, I mean, it was both. It was one, negative one point nine and negative one point seven uh, for the two. So, but after outside of that, it's four point one, right? Because that's how you get that point five, which is pretty telling. It, it he lives and dies. It's actually kind of like Dylan Bundy in a way, not necessarily with the same velocity change, mm-hmm. but he really does rely very heavily on making sure his fastball, you know, hits a spot at least decently well. To set up the breaking stuff. Now, in the past, in 2016, he had a higher walk rate. I think he had a little more homers because he didn't turn to his secondary stuff as much. He didn't have a nullifier in his curveball and slider. And because he was using his fastball so much, it was a lot easier for guys to tee off of him. And he didn't really have a pitch to throw in the zone before that he trusted. This year, both curveball and slider are being used in the zone over 40% of the time. And he's increased the movement on both. Slider and curveball have both increased at least two inches. It's three on his curveball. And he's getting more chases off the plate on his on his curveball by about 10 points. So everything is much better here. Uh, by utilizing secondary pitches, he's getting into better counts and not setting himself up for you know, that near 10% walk rate while also Got- making it easier for guys not to tee off of him. Pavetta's got a major increase in his first pitch strike rate, which is directly linked to cutting the walks. Um, so that's a bit of major help for him, as you mentioned, not getting behind as often. Uh, it probably won't surprise you to learn that two of his high, uh, three highest fastball usage outings by percentage were those two bad starts. Right. And part of it is that the one lasted one inning. So he didn't really get a chance to get into anything else before he was already out of the game. But it tells you what can happen when that fastball is off. It can be a quick day. That's right. how quickly can happen that's what happens when you have a bad fastball and you don't have enough to make up for it so again i i stand by 
liking Nick Pavetta. This is it's not a runaway because of the Washington start. And as you mentioned, he bounced back the next time anyway. I'm not going to overreact to to every singular uh, bad start, but but even as I did more research, because you know you rank 130 guys, you d- I didn't get to research all 130 for this year, mm-hmm. you know. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, or, or from April to 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 May, but I, I would probably just bump him down into the into the spot start tier, which would put him right there at, at that fifty range that 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 you had him. So I, I like Pavetta, but I wonder, do you think he is? You know, we've always talked that I play more fifteens, you play more twelves. Is he an all formats guy? Is he somebody that you think Pavetta needs to be on a club in every league? Yeah, I, this is the fun part is where you say, okay, he had a. I mean, we all can tell bad start against the Braves and Nats, but what actually happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was this some bad luck? What, what was going on? In the Braves one, it's really two bad pitches that he made with his fastball. One was an inside heater to uh, Marcakis, I believe it was, at 97 miles per hour. That actually Marcakis, the god. Yeah, it was a pretty good pitch, actually. Like, it pretty much hit his glove inside corner at 97, and Marcakis hit it out pinch. of the yard. Yeah. And then the other one was supposed to be an outside fastball to Freddie Freeman that he pretty much threw right down the middle, and that was a triple. And But that was really it as far as bad pitches with his fastball in that game. It was only two, and I think he got – I mean, yeah, he did. He walked a couple of guys, didn't really have the best feel. But I'm much happier seeing that entering into walks as opposed to just getting home run after home run or double or whatever. So this is why that, I like you, That Nick. wasn't so bad. Uh, you, you investigate the starts, and it's very important, right? I understand not everyone can look deep into everything, but you can't always just look at the box score and make a judgment. It's it's hard to say that anything went well in the Washington start six earned in, in one inning well. for Pavetta. But but that's what I'm saying. Like when you look at it, you're like there. I can't see anything that was good here. But you got to look deeper. You talk about the uh, three earned in four innings at Atlanta. That first start you were talking about, you say it's a couple bad pitches and look what can happen. It was also his season debut. So they weren't going to really let him work through it. That was when uh, Gabe Kapler had everybody on like a 50 pitch maximum. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) No. um, But yeah, tell us about the Washington start because that was back on May 4th. And he was he was absolutely tattooed, but bounced back with uh, five scoreless against San Francisco. So did you see anything there that can kind of put like a silver lining on the uh, Washington? You start? have no idea, Spore. I'm curious. I'm okay, very so, curious. So the two home runs of Harper, sure, those are bad pitches. I'm not going to say anything about that. I mean, his fastball is supposed to be away, dove into Harper, and he oppoed it because he's stupid. <laughs> because and then up. later on in the second inning, it was a changeup that was really bad, and he just crushed it. That's fair. Okay? However, he threw 37 pitches in that first inning. And after Harper, the Harper home run, yeah, he walked uh, Turner, I believe it was. Uh, it was a 3-2 and two count. To to Matt Adams, that was a fastball in the inside corner. That was a strike. I'm not. It was a strike. He struck him out. It was called ball four because uh, because he was you know he's getting up to throw to second. Where they tagged out Trey Turner, he was out at second. <laughs> but it was ball four, so they both got so on. So it would have been a strike him out, throw him out. Yes. This is after a leadoff homer to Harper. Yes, you go strike him out, throw him out. You probably gas Ryan Zimmerman because he's terrible and you're out of the inning. Instead, what happens, Nick? Three and two count to Zimmerman. It's a great down and in fastball that dribbles. Well, it doesn't dribble. It's like a decently hard hit ball, but it was a grounder through the hole. Finds the right spot, yeah. Right. And then it's an 0-2 pitch to Matt Wieters that's jammed up and in. That's blooped into left center field for a single. 
and he gets out of it after that. But he's at 37 pitches now. He is gassed already. I mean, we saw with, with oh. Degrom today, and that was. And then they go thing. one, two, three. By the way, for uh, oh yeah, right. They give a ton of rest. A, I'm joking. A 13 pitch inning for Geo, ground out, strikeout, ground out. He's right back out there. Talk about being three. gassed, like yeah, getting to walk no, and then a home run. Yep, and then, and then days of, and a, a single to Turner to boot. Right, so this and, wasn't this wasn't was Dylan Bundy's you know terrible outing where he was just throwing you know fastballs down the middle. This was pretty unfortunate. This but, was yeah, not at your best, but got punished for uh, to make it look like you were at your worst, even exactly. though he very clear, Pavetta clearly wasn't at his worst. Right, is what we're saying. So well, that's that's yeah. really interesting. Um, okay, so. Let's bottom line it here. We're talking about a guy that I think we we both believe is in all formats play, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Yes. And I think that's another thing that I really like about you is that you look at things in the, you know, rolling few weeks of everything. You're, you're, that's why I like that you do the list every week, even though you're a psycho for doing it. I would add <laughs> so much. It'd be so difficult. Um, but is Pavetta somebody that that you would target to like? improve your pitching maybe you're not trying to get the ace but you're just trying to get some improvements do you believe in the strikeouts i think is my main question with pavetta oh i do yes no i really do believe that the extra movement he's added with a slider and curveball and the fact that he's throwing them 35 to 40 percent of the time which is the thing that i have talked about a lot with blake snell finally went from 25 percent breakables to 35 percent i think that's a huge thing with pavetta as well especially when he has secondary pitches that find the zone and are getting uh, swings off the plate as well. So I definitely do believe the low walk rate and, of course, the, the raised K rate with that. Okay. So we like Pavetta. Uh, let's let's move on to, to Eflin uh, because, again, I, I feel like Pavetta is kind of the easiest of the three to say should be out there. Might be on some waiver wires because there's some lingering effect from Washington. So check your waiver wire. Don't assume he did bounce back against San Francisco. We like Pavetta. Zach Eflin, you actually recently wrote about him because he has a big velocity boost. Yeah. And so that brought him on your radar. And he's had two big starts. What do we think of Zach Eflin? Zach Eflin's interesting. I want to like him. I mean, velocity's cool, right? You got an extra it is cool. Two, you got two extra ticks of velocity from 93.7 to 95.4. There was actually a, a fun commenter after that article that mentioned that he had uh, surgery on his knees, talking about like that's the reason why he had the extra boost. Awesome. Uh, that's cool. Good to know that maybe this isn't necessarily just a two-start thing because of that. Uh, gets space, gets more velocity. As right. you, if anyone remembers that Chris Archer commercial that still runs on uh, MLB <laughs> Network. Uh, what does he say? Uh, power comes from the ground up. Yeah, something like and that. Yeah, that's great. It, it, you know, you hear it a million times, but it is it is true. So you might not think, well, having knee surgery, getting your base fixed would really help you that much, but it, it can be a major right. factor for a pitcher. And uh, well, Eflin's been doing great. If you don't know, 0.71 ERA, 0.79 WHIP with a 27.7% K rates and jeez. And 12.2 innings again against the the Marlins and the Giants, but still that's but you could add his two strikeout rates from the last two years, his 11 and 13 percent, and you still wouldn't get here. And that was in 127 innings. So yes, let's account for the fact that it's two poor teams, but let's still give him credit because Eflin went from terrible to on the radar, which matters, but. How 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 much of this is real? What did you see beyond the the velocity improvements in your right. write-up? Well, okay, so velocity does a lot of things. Okay, mm-hmm. so just to make that very clear, there are certain pitches that you'll make that aren't good that will get great results. So There's a really good uh, gif in that article of Gregor Blanco falling over, trying to hit a 
two of fastball right down the middle of the plate. Yeah. And it's not even like the hardest one he threw. It was like 94 and change. Part of that is being Gregor Blanco, though, too. Right. No, right. Exactly. But nevertheless, if that's 92, that might get hit, right? Uh, So so it gives him a little more of a a larger margin for error. It's the absolute opposite of what we talk about with Kyle Hendricks. And we love to use exactly that phrase with him, with his low velocity. So that's nice with this fastball. His fastball command is good enough. It's not super feral <laughs> but uh Dude, it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it and i'm spreading it just so you know it's being spread uh, out there I did that for you that was great appropriate credit don't worry oh i appreciate it uh it, yeah it's not all over the place it's good it's not top the level i don't expect it to be in there with you know saris's awesome command uh style and i'm expecting to be at the top of that leaderboard sure but it's good enough it'll work so it, after that it says okay we say Let's look at the secondary stuff because this would set a good foundation, but now we need something to really excel. And I didn't really see that. His curveball had like a couple good ones, but I don't really see that turning into a deadly weapon from him. You saw kind of a two-headed slider? Oh, man, that's the fun one. I'll save that for last. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. You were setting that up. My bad, my bad. (laughs) So the changeup kind of better than Pavetta's. I mean, they're both pretty bad. That's true. I guess that's not it's, really saying much. Really, My changeup's better than Pavetta's right now. It's great. You got me on a whiff on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that slider is really really interesting. It was in the Marlins start. It was even his like his first or second inning. He was throwing like a ninety mile per hour cut fastball, but it was really a slider. But it was it was really good. It's kind of a pitch that a lot of people forget about. It's not going to be a whiff pitch, but it will get outs because it just falls away at the last moment, and then they'll pop it up to right field all the time. Mm-hmm. I but that didn't stick around. That, like he had that and he had like the loopier one and then the next time out against the Giants it was like 87 miles per hour and then down to 82 as opposed to say like the 90 to 86 range or 85 range that all came down a, 3 or so. That's a pretty wide range for F1. Right. So so that's what we're is that kind of the wild card then? Is this slider the X yes. factor of whether or not he's going to be all formats or a stream type guy for F1? Completely. And I don't really think he's going to be. I mean, I have a term on my site called Spice Girls, which are like your upside flyers that you want to take. And he's not one of them to me because of that slider. Just the loopier one is okay. He yep. doesn't profile out to be a plus pitch in my head. Uh, and that cut one that we that I saw in that Marlins one, it might have been adrenaline because that was his first start back. Yes, and I think that that was a little amplified in that first two inning or three inning stretch. So I, I'm not a big fan of this. I don't really think he has the extra element to make him more than just a streamer. I'm completely with you on Eflin here. Um, I had him as a don't start because he really wasn't even back when I was making right, those yeah. rankings, and I would move him up into a spot start or maybe even a could start. But um, I, I I was really happy to read your piece. After I watched first, I was like, "Let me get my own thoughts." Go nice. go read and nodding my head the whole time, like, "Yep, okay, good." I was kind of worried that you're going to tell me there's something here. I'd be like, "I missed it then," because I just <laughs> didn't see it, and I'm worried that he's going. We're not worried because it doesn't bother me. It's other people wasting their money. But for those of you listening before, you know, we'll get this out as early as possible. How do you do your bids at midnight? Um, I would not go crazy, and I think he is going to be kind of a, a, a flashy, especially in the NFBC. There's always a few guys that kind of stand out. I think Eflin could end up being uh, one of those guys that gets, you know, some of the higher bids this week because he's an available guy and he's a two-star guy, I believe. And I don't really see it. Plus, he's going to Baltimore, 
And it looks like Baltimore is starting to play crazy again. Right. The, the park is like you don't want to mess with them. And the lineup's already decent boppers. It's not a great lineup, but with that park, it doesn't have to be. They beat the hell out of Snell today and 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 the bullpen. It was 17 to 1. And the ball just seems to be flying out of there again right now uh, as it as it does when the weather heats up. So I would be very cautious with this F1 situation. I'm thinking 15 team, go ahead, place your bid. 12 team, I'm probably looking elsewhere. He's like very low on my list. Yeah, I I agree with that. Eflin will be there on my list tomorrow. Uh, That psycho list I do every Monday. Uh, I mean that (laughs) the best way possible, by the way. Because, of course. I I, I respect it. It's so hard because I. I just oh I can't move him here because then he's gonna start. I, it, it, I'm paralyzed by the choice. So I love it's, that you just say I, I do it all the time it's, every I, week. I try and make it as clear as possible how fluid it is because of mm-hmm. those kind of things. Uh, but it is actually I haven't made this decision yet of which one I would rather have Eflin or Velasquez, which I know might sound crazy. No, I don't think it does sound crazy. But Let's I get think, into Velasquez. I think that might be a good segue to talk about Velasquez. Absolutely. So Velasquez now, if we, if we're ranking them in terms of like. Um, name value. I think he's the most known still in the fantasy community. People still hear Velasquez. They think of that 16 strikeout game from like 52 years ago. I think it was at the start of 2016. And he's been riding that for a while. He put up a 513 ERA in 72 innings last year. And the craziest thing about what Velasquez is doing in, in the best like bucket of cold water is that he's allowed four earned and 11 innings this month with two really good starts or one great start, one solid start. And that's brought his ERA down to 505. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a 100% good or bad scenario for him so far. He has five quality starts and one that was just an inning shy and then three mega duds. So that volatility is what makes Velasquez so scary. So what are you seeing in Velasquez that has him right there with Eflin? Well, okay, so the, the game on, or not the game, but the shtick for Velasquez, for me, the book on him, has always been he's got a really good four-seamer and then just nothing else. However, what is really intriguing to me is that this year he has a slider he throws about 10% of the time, and it's his best pitch value at two. His his fastball's at negative 2.5. I'm going to say a little more things about this in a moment, but it is intriguing about the the slider having that much effectiveness because he's always needed a good secondary pitch, and he wanted it to be his curveball. Curveball's just been trash. And uh, he's tried. He's tried to make it. You're right. Velasquez has definitely tried to make it the curveball, and still is this year. But well, it's not there. I'm not going to necessarily make the argument saying that if he bumps his slider from 10 percent to 20 percent, he's going to get the same thing. Just more so, just extrapolated. Because, yeah. Right. I don't think. I don't. The great. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, I. I. I think he's, it has a little more effectiveness. Effectiveness because people are just waiting for the fastball so often, and when he only throws it 10 percent of the time, they're not really you know, playing for that, right? They're not uh, preparing themselves for the slide piece. What is interesting, though, is that he had two really good starts against the, against the Rays and the Marlins this year, and those were, like, fantastic uh, fantastic four-seamer starts. Just completely went through. However, this Giants one with 12 strikeouts, his fastball was terrible. Oh, and, see, I didn't really see much of this start. Exactly. That's the crazy thing. That was, like, the one day that his curveball was working great and his slider was still doing damage itself. But it's wild. So that's going to encourage him. He's going to be like, "Oh yeah, my curveball is back." I don't know. He's a massive mystery to me. He's a mystery I do yeah. not want to touch. But I am not ruling out the possibility that he could build on that start 
with the Giants because only because his fastball wasn't good in that one. So if he does keep those effective secondary pitches, maybe maybe the fastball gets there too, and there is some consistency to build. So I see what you're saying. Okay, um, when you can see succeed without the fastball, imagine when he has the fastball right, back exactly. if the secondaries are working, uh, particularly that curveball, which again he so very much wants uh, to be a good pitch. And of course, that is a feel pitch. And and that's what makes it so hard, though, is that he doesn't have great feel for him for it start to start for Velasquez. And you, you really start to see why. I remember when he was coming up, I really liked him as a prospect. And, you know, he was, a lot of uh, reports said that he would be an eventual reliever. And I was like, no, he won't. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, he will. No, they're right. Yep, those, those, those were correct. That's well, that's probably where he should be. Well, like that's what he was doing guy. with the that's what he was doing with the Astros. And then he was yes. in the Ken Giles trade and the Phillies were like, we want to turn him into a starter. And I was so excited. I'm like, here yeah, we right. go. Exactly. Yeah. And he had that big April and he had that big Padres start. And I probably oh, was man. like, I told y'all because I'm a douche back then uh, who was trying to take W's in April. Oh, man. And he's like I said, he's been terrible since. So I, I agree. He has the name value Velasquez does, but he's not better than either of these guys. I think at best he's right next to Eflin. I think that's kind of yeah, I think right. look at those two similarly. Um with more volatility, I think maybe to Velasquez. Actually, similar volatility because Eflin does give up homers. Not this year, but in well, his career, he does. Two starts, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and against two bad teams. Right. So I would actually put them about dead even. Right. Uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna have to choose someone tomorrow. Yeah. Good uh, luck with that. <laughs> I, I I have you know, no guidance for you. To his uh, to his name value credit, I think there is something to be said about Vince Velasquez being very very good. So everyone just says he's VV, and that, I think, is part of the reason. <laughs> he's VV good. Yeah, he's VV. I love it. I, no, I really I, do believe. No. <laughs> he's a cool name. He looks cool out there. Everyone wants him to succeed when he, when he's running that 97-mile-per-hour fastball in the upper third. It's great, but uh, he's just so inconsistent. Yeah. So be careful with the, with him and Eflin, but uh, but still dive in on, on Pavetta where, where available, which is not too, too many places. All right, for the check-in. This is yes. a very important one. This is a big we, one. We tried to do some positivity today, talking about these Phillies guys. Uh, we ended on a down note with Velasquez. This one is tough to be positive about. Let's talk about Jose Barrios. We had a lot of questions, both of our Twitters, people saying, yo, for the fireside chat, let's get some Barrios talk. Yep. His backers <laughs> just a month ago were, were definitely strutting around thinking, yo, I nailed it. I got an ace with my number two or number three starter, depending on how they constructed their draft. They were geeking out. Flash forward now. He has four strikeouts in the last three starts combined, Nick. Yeah, that's terrible. That is terrifying. What's even and, worse? Yeah, can well, I was say, the start before that was terrible. He got seven strikeouts, but who cares? It was five runs and four innings. So we are on a four-start dud machine. The strikeouts are messed up. What is up with Jose Barrios? This is this is going to be really – I think it's pretty quick as far as what the problem is. His curveball is terrible all of a sudden. This is the pitch that's supposed to be the the you know, the, the pitch that – it's like his moneymaker. It's the backbreaker. 100%. You know the what it crack, looks like? It looks terrible. <laughs> No, from his first year. Remember when he came up in sixteen? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, nothing would really work, and the fast or the the curveball would have some good, some awful, more awful than than good. It looks like it's back to sixteen. And it, yeah, it's so it's it kind of goes back to scary. Velasquez. It's a difficult pitch to have feel for. So uh, dive deeper here. Well, I mean, you, you say it's it's the curveball. 
how nervous are you long term now? We've gotten through four bad starts. Is this going to continue? Is there is this one of those things where you just have to keep running them out there because you never know when the field's going to come back? What do you do with burritos? Well, okay, this is um, this is a bit of a tiara. If okay. you guys don't know that, turn it around right away. So he has lost movement on the curveball from he's lost about an inch of drop and two inches of horizontal, which is actually kind of significant considering that he does have more of that slurve movement to it. Mm-hmm. And I know my guys are going to rag on me for using the word slurve because I hate that term. And I think that pitch doesn't exist, even though people think it does exist. It's just a curveball that's released differently. Anyway. What's, I, wrong, with, what's wrong with extra classification, though? People understand what it means. It's fine. As long as we – I mean, I use slutter. That's a great term, too. Yeah. But it's not its own pitch. What, what's the difference? It's, it's essentially – it's a curveball grip that's just being released differently. So it's still it's a, a curveball. It's just a way to throw a curveball. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm it, gonna it describes gonna, the pitch. I should not have said anything. This is all my fault. No, okay. no, sorry. I just, I, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. I'm trying to figure it out. It's weird that you would approve of slutter and then be a, a, angry with slutter. No, 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 no. Slutter isn't its own pitch either. I'll say it. I'm saying. I'll say slutter. I'll say slurve. But as long as we acknowledge that it's really a cutter or a slider, or it's really a slider or, or curveball, right? I mean, yeah. Everything is like fastball changeup slider or curveball and then variations thereof right well there's splitter too i would say and etc but that's a change up for the most part that's actually all right we should do a fireside just talking about pitches i would really enjoy that because this is something i i've i've have a lot of passion about so i I will do that we'll save this i but about that curveball is the last 50 52 for burritos by the way sorry we had we hadn't said his name in a while there sorry (laughs) Jose Barrios, the last 52 curveballs that he's thrown in these last three starts, he's only had three whiffs with the pitch. That's, oh. that's a great indication for how bad this is. Remember, this is, this is the pitch that's supposed to crack the whip to get batters in line, right? Whose was it supposed one. to be like? Do you remember who's his? Well, who's Jose Fernandez. That's the, that's the most fun comp, right? Exactly. And Because it does have that horizontal and vertical drop to it. <laughs> but that's a 6% whiff rate, right? This is supposed to be 15 to 20 I'm a, I will accept 15 if he's throwing it in the zone, not even Seriously. doing that. Yeah. So the only the only problem I – I mean, okay. So if he doesn't have a good curveball, that means his changeup needs to take the load. And it has actually been decent, but it's not nearly good enough to, to do that. It's not like a Castillo changeup or anything close to that. So it really is, is on his curveball to get its act together. I'm not saying it can't. I called it a TRS situation because he didn't have the feel before, and it's a lot more believable to me that he'll get the feel for this than what you were mentioning with Vince Velasquez because he he's had much many success many good starts with this right much yeah success, he's had right? runs of success <laughs> he's had much success yeah many success <laughs> uh, no but but to your point you know we we've seen the curveball be great for extended runs it right. really is intermittent with somebody like Velasquez I was just saying it's that similar thing where it's a feel pitch but with Barrios he's earned enough leeway where I think I think you have to keep running them out you paid too much I, I think I I know I would, I, I would be conservative idea. personally there's an idea I, I like I get it it's sunk cost like don't just do it to your detriment, but I don't think that we're good enough to know when it's going to turn. I, I, I'm never, I'm not the guy who sits somebody until they're good and then puts them back in. I, I think that's a losing strategy. Um, uh, the, the DLH I get, 
coming off the sure, DL. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. But the idea that I would sit Barrios until he succeeds and then now I'm ready to start him, forget that. I paid a top 35 pitcher. That guy's going in unless he's hurt. I wouldn't say that. I would say it's different. I think you really need to classify certain pitchers for that. I mean, this is definitely a scenario where I do believe if I see that curveball back, I trust him to do it more often, like mm-hmm. consistently after that. But there are other guys that are just going through stretches. I will always, I'll be like, okay, I don't know if they're going to have it today or not. Then I believe in your strategy, saying, yeah, you got to let him go out there. But I really do feel like this is, they're like they're like a five guys, maybe five or six that I would wait on for them to to get their act together and then go back go back and like, Brios is one of them are you starting Brios against st louis i'm not i'm not no wow, wow. that's interesting yeah i mean it's been four, it's been four starts of this yes and it's that's terrible a, and it's a really bad situation so i mean if it's if it's a, a you know it's a desperate situation i understand it but if i have an opportunity to be conservative i will here here's the thing though this is um and by the way your last point there, I think, is most important. If I have the opportunity to be conservative, I don't think with where people drafted Barrios or the state of pitching that's fair. that anybody can necessarily afford it. I think I think that's just not something that's going to be available to folks. This is a one-off example, and this is not meant to gotcha you or, or bam you and say, now I'm proven right. It's to color the idea of like waiting for somebody to get it fixed. After what Bundy did, against KC, he went through seven scoreless today. To my point is like when we have these quality guys, we have no idea when they're going to turn it around. So if I had to put seven uh, scoreless on my bench and now Bundy's a little bit different because he was much cheaper, but with where Barrios costs and he goes out and throws six scoreless with 10 strikeouts against St. Louis this week, I am just crushing myself. I just think that that is, it's too conservative, but it is obviously a different style of the play. Um, I mean, I, I, have, I think your your point is definitely about context here as well. And you know, it's Sunday of your leagues in a head to head. You know, you would that's different. That's all right? different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, because you if you're protecting, that's that's something exactly. completely different. And I'm mostly roto, so that's the I'm a bottom line guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, outside of injury, which we don't know that he's not hurt, but. He's not hurt enough to where he's getting a start skipped or anything for Barrios. And it was three of the four were on the road and maybe getting home and facing like a decent St. Louis team. But they're not scary, um, especially when Ozuna playing terribly. You know, they, they don't they don't strike fear into me. I feel like sure. I feel like he's somebody that it's agonizing, but you just got to you got to keep going. OK. All right. I mean, uh, Colonels, to your credit. Yeah, they're, I think, 26th in Woba in the last two weeks. So, so there you go. I mean, I, I totally get it. Hopefully that's the get right for Barrios. So uh, for so the actionable is watch Barrios, keep an eye on that curveball, and that's going to be your indicator if for those that want to kind of home yes. diagnosis. Okay. If, if he's doing well with that curveball, then everything should be good. If he's getting the whiffs. If maybe you were considering trying to buy low, but you want to watch this one start, see what the curveball is doing. Even, even if it's not great results, see if the curveball is getting whiffs. And and getting the right movement, right. But if and maybe he has like a six inning four or something, which is not super great. But if the curveball is working, then you can go out and buy Rios. But if you have, I think I start him. Nick says you can be a little bit more careful. Uh, let your league kind of uh, uh, your league context decide that. All right, let's get some closing thoughts here, and uh, we have to talk about a debut that oh my goodness yes. <laughs> came out of nowhere and unbelievable. Freddie Peralta, Willie Peralta's something. son. 
Can you believe that? That it's Willie Peralta's son? No, I'm just kidding. No, That's I actually can't. not true yeah. at all. <laughs> you can't believe it because it's actually 100% untrue. Oh, but it'd man. be funny if it was because it's on the same team. For Milwaukee, Willie Peralta, or excuse me, Freddie Peralta goes in, throws. What is it? Seven score, six scoreless with eleven strike, thirteen strikeouts. Five point one with thirteen strikeouts. This is okay in Colorado, I, I, by the way. In Colorado, the, it's so amazing about this. I don't think I've seen a start with uh, with a with a starter dominating so well with his fastball. I mean, here's some numbers I'm going to give you. It's not he fast threw, fastball either. It's well, yeah. It's a ninety-one point four mile per hour uh, four seamer, according to Baseball Savant. He threw right. ninety of them out of ninety-eight pitches. And I have a thing called CSW, which is called strikes, strikes plus whiffs. It's kind of an indication of dominance. Normally, you want like 30%. If it's more than that, close to 35, that's great. 34 in this one, 18 whiffs and 16 called strikes. The thing is that that four-seamer, I, I feel weird even calling it that because it has cut action to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know? it's really good horizontal bend. It was such an effective pitch. It was absurd. The Rockies just couldn't handle this thing. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It's a value profile. Uh, it's, it's, it's an opposite so like, hander. Opposite hander, sure. So it's a lefty who's also a rookie this year who also went into Coors and did some damage. Oh, man. I see, I see you thinking. I mean, and, lefty and did just, damage in Coors. Was it Harlan Garcia? I mean, no, I no, no. Nothing. Joey Lucchesi because he <sighs> lives off of deception <laughs> And has kind of a, a yeah, okay, a, a, I, I get an amalgam it. Pitch, pitch. Yeah, has, has kind of a um, you know his breaking ball does different things. Right, gets gets good movement, has good deception. Not really a flashy prospect, but coming out of the gates firing. So again, as a value profile, I'm not comparing everything one to one. Obviously, they start differently as righty versus lefty, but as a value profile, I think he's going to be that same sort of guy, like upper threes, low fours, ERA type with some decent strikeouts perhaps. This is this is so interesting. I mean, there's a lot of reports if you if you follow his minor league numbers and you hear the, you know, what people are writing about him that he is more wild than we saw today. Yes. Or wilder like Van. So, he uh, I love that movie. <laughs> when, I, when I was when it came out, that was like oh, peak introduction to Ryan Reynolds, man. Yeah, uh, well, if you're a noob, if you wow. if you're if you're a Ryan Reynolds uh, fanboy like your boy here, two guys and girl in the pizza place <laughs> is where sure. you really right, that's learned about Ryan Reynolds and, and realized fair. how great he was. But anyway, enough fanboying. But yes. uh, no, no, yeah, so, so he's supposed to be really wild. Go ahead on Freddie Peralta. Well, the the intriguing part is that he's actually not very tall. I believe he's like five ten or five eleven or so. But he, and that's, uh, that's, so he's he's short. Right. <laughs> but he gets amazing extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people have, have compared him. I thought the comp you were going to go for is kind of Tim Lentz again with that extension. I didn't uh, want to bite somebody else's stuff, but that's what everyone else says. Yes. Right. Okay. I was going for the value profile. You're going Understood. to paint the image of how he pitches. Go ahead. Oh, right. Exa- I mean, he's getting out. I mean, David Robertson, another one. Um, that's a little bit better, too, because he does have the cut action, I guess, actually, yep. now I think about it. But... So he was. What was interesting was that out of the gate, the first inning, what we normally see in your debut is you're supposed to be at your peak velocity, yeah, and then you go down because you have all this adrenaline. You're he was actually throwing 80, up. 89 or so in that first, and I remember watching it and being like, "Wow, this isn't okay." And then it started getting more and more. He peaked at ninety four point eight later on in the game. If you look at this this whole velocity chart, it's going up and down. It's great. It's it's kind of awesome. It makes me think that. Maybe he's actually trying to put more horizontal bend at certain times on that's that what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's and now 
Lucchesi has his churve, but I think Freddie Peralta's fastball is a little bit of a, a multi-headed monster. Yeah, no, I, with some I cut, understand that. Run and and uh, even some some of the some of them looked like they had the rising action or the late life, if you will. So Soroka is the king of that. Oh, I, I liked Soroka's start last night. I thought it was a good rebound after yeah, no, I thought it, after it, getting it beat up a little bit. I, agree. Um, I thought he pitched well. But anyway, yeah, so with Freddie Peralta here, we have kind of a unique guy. It's, it's not how they put it in central casting for some big sort of uh, pitching prospect, you know, but it takes a special beast to wear adult braces, and he's rocking it. So uh, that's how you know Freddie Peralta is ready, ready for business. Um, what are we looking at here as far as a league format type and what sort of bids are we putting? Are we going after Freddie Peralta on this? Well, okay. I, I will tell you that probably the bid that wins Peralta in your league is going to be a little too high uh, for two Especially reasons. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he did well today. That's going to be a huge reason why. Right. And also the fact that it obviously overlooks his command issues in the minors and everything that weren't there in this one game mm-hmm. that are going to be there in the future. Uh, secondary stuff isn't... I mean, it has actually his curveball slash slider was looked pretty good. I mean, it's weird. It's very, very tough to see good vertical drop than depth in cores that camera angle is way too high up. Yes, but, I, so I, I know. Can't, you I can't meant that probably, one. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, can't, I can't give you a proper assessment on that one just yet just because of it. But for what I saw, it did make guys uncomfortable, which was good. Uh, there, it does look like he's going to get one more start. The, the Craig Council was asked after the game, and he was saying that he will see one more start most likely. Okay. Um, that would mean Brent Suter or Brandon Woodruff would probably get the axe, considering that Chase Anderson essentially dealing with the stomach flu. Yeah, he should be uh, back. So soon. he'll be back. Peralta at Minnesota on Friday of this week. Now, in NFBC leagues, he will not be available because he came into the league today, and they don't add until you've been on a major league roster for a day. So we'll actually get this full week here. If he goes out and has like a mediocre start, in Minnesota, five innings, four runs, four strikeouts, three walks, good, a lot of good whiffs. Let's say like fifteen whiffs on a hundred pitches. Where are you then? Like I mean, something if that I, you, if I see the like whiffs, that. if I see the whiffs, I'm the whiffs sticking around. Still, the whiffs are still there, but then. everything else is kind of wonky. Yeah, but if he has that, that means that still has retains value past it, right? If yeah, he does no, poorly I, I, without I, that, then value kind of disappears and you just going to be this undulating mess. Lucchesi, uh, you said it better than you did on Tuesday's show. I just listened to that episode. <laughs> Alex called you out for not undulating the word out of your mouth properly. Oh, right. There you um, go. Well, you guys heard of this one. I, I always struggle. It's a fun time. <laughs> uh, with Peralta. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by him because, again, if it, if it is the Lucchesi thing, then he can keep it going for a few starts till they really catch up too because the right. deception is a big part of what he does with the deception and the extension on his delivery. So he's an interesting play. Obviously, an automatic NL only guy. Anybody breathing is only league viable. Um, are you going after him in 10-teamers to, to stream this week or is this wait and see? Or, uh, or, think, by the way, yeah, let me say this. If you don't go for him in 10, you're, you're bypassing him because – Somebody that puts up that many strikeouts. He's going to get bid on in every league. Oh, of course. Right. be in on it. I mean, generally in 12 and 10 teamers, you do go after upside. Just to uh, catch. I would think I would. Think I would. Just, be, just because there's a slight, slight chance that you know maybe he has been told by a coach how to fix his command. Because it was pretty good today. It was yeah. really good. 
He was and, dialed in. It was yeah. Great. It was it was even like uh, even his uh, he had a three two strikeout that was around the corner, and he had like four pitches like right on the edge, and it was just maybe a ball or so. It, it was not wild. Mm-mm. If you if you if you asked me what I thought his minor league profile would be after this one, I would not have said wild. So to me, that is enough for me to say you know what maybe this gets fixed here. Maybe it is something that uh, he did tweak already. I don't know. So I would chase that in 10-teamer because of that upside. It's it's all about upside in 10-teamer. Yeah, it so can't really I go hurt that. you that much. Um, even a dud start this week and you realize, okay, I shouldn't have gotten Freddie Peralta right. and move on. It won't kill you. So, yeah, I think you almost have to. I think you – when we phrase it like that, I think you almost should be more aggressive in 10 and 12 teams where you can be protected than a 15 where – if you are putting a lot of resources and it doesn't work out, right? It's almost one yep, of those yeah, things where, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, we'll keep an eye on Freddie Peralta. I think maybe we'll do an update next week after a second start, just, uh, on the heels of this amazing start. Uh, anybody else on your mind that you want to get a quick thought in as we uh, wrap up? Oh, I got nothing. I mean, you touched on Bundy today. It was nice to see him feature his fastball much better in his setup, yes. his breaking pitch as well, and to see also his velocity go up in his not only his four-seamer, but really his two-seamer, which was under 90, 90 miles per hour, and it was back up to about 91 and change, which is a, it's a big difference for Bundy. So how much, to see that. How much does uh, having a, as big of a lead as he did help? Oh, that's an interesting thing. That's what we would call Alex Think Fast because that's the mental game. I I wouldn't think so so much with Bundy. I mean, I really do feel it's just in a given day is he cruising with his heater or not? Yeah, and then and setting up the slider because exactly. the slider is great. The slider is the most though. effective right when his fastball sitting in the corners and it was doing that today. All right, well, Nick, that's going to wrap us up on the uh, fireside chat week three in the books of this, and uh, I'm loving it. So I will talk oh, to you again next great week. Time. Yeah, look right. forward to that. Have a good Peace. week, Paul. an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool how does squad ql actually do this the app connects directly with your yahoo espn and cbs leagues pulling in your actual roster your league scoring system the app also provides waiver wire recommendations daily updates to player rankings and much more head to the apple app or google play stores to download squad ql your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager squad ql is brought to you by the creators of roto ql the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.